welcome to Mommy with Mama Sal's Bad Words. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I, I did it. Good job. Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high-rise or low-rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Welcome to season four of Mom Jeans. This season is called the Bite Size Education Series, where we give you quick bits of science and psychoeducation to help you in your journey towards body respect. This season, we will be answering your listener questions and interviewing amazing experts to expand your knowledge. So get ready for easily digestible, pun intended, pieces of education in podcast form. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Mom Jeans. We are in the bite-sized education season, and we are excited to continue to dive into some listener questions and see if we can't help all you listeners figure out putting all of these concepts together in a way that makes sense for you. So we are going to chat a little bit today about this whole concept of weight loss and the desire to lose weight, and we're going to try to help out a listener here. I'm, I'm cringing, but I promise, remember everyone listening, this is a weight inclusive podcast. So yes, we said those two words, but stick with us. Hopefully you will get some information from this. And also please check in with yourself. If what we are talking about is too triggering or it brings up any emotions where this episode does not feel supportive, please walk away. We we will not be offended, okay? We want you to take care of you. So, all right, here's the listener question. Dear Mom Jeans, I gained a lot of weight during my pregnancies and recently I dedicated myself to self care to lose the weight. I feel so much better and can now run around the backyard with my kids without getting winded. You preach a lot about being anti diet and body acceptance but weight loss did help me. Is that wrong? Should I feel guilty? Love, weight loss mama. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're, we decided to go ahead and dive into this one because I think this is something that you do hear a lot probably out on the streets. Maybe not so much in our clinical settings because most people coming to us are like, listen, I... I tried to drink the Kool-Aid and I realized it's toxic. But a lot of times in like these parenting circles or just in average conversations and communities, this is usually the message and the language that I feel I hear people saying. They're praising their quote unquote transformation and it's all good. So I think it was actually a really realistic question and something we definitely want to kind of talk about. Even if this is not something that you personally have gone through, 
I think it's always helpful for me to kind of figure out exactly how I would want to respond to that in the moment without like calling anybody out in the middle of the play date, but also not jumping on the bandwagon of like, yeah, awesome. What am I saying? Good for you. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we kind of thought this might be a realistic one to tackle. I think there's so many angles here. The different angles of like exactly what you just brought up, Rachel, like how do I respond if someone in my circle of friends or family or in passing is bringing up their success, quote unquote, of weight loss, Um, talking about the concept of privilege and then talking about the concept of what the actual changes were that resulted in the symptom of body change. So I want to remind everybody that weight is not a behavior. It is a symptom. So we will dive into that a little bit later. So we're going to dive into privilege. And so again, Rachel and I are speaking both from privileged body spaces and so um, there are a lot of amazing professionals in this field providing education and doing work that um, really just can speak from their own lived experience. And so I really would recommend um, branching out and hearing these stories from other individuals, not just from us or those that live in street size spaces, but The actual act of weight loss or changing your body is really an area of privilege. Um, I think about clients that I work with or individuals that I've come in contact with that experience so much body shame, so much weight stigma, feel so unsafe in their bodies and feel like their body is the issue not because this is something that they've brought on, but because this is something that they've internalized due to their own lived experience, either through people coming up to them and offering advice about weight or um, healthcare professionals making every sort of recommendation based off of weight, even if they're in there for a reason that has nothing to do with the size of their body, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that just this actual act of like, I'm choosing to change my body because I can and I have resources and um, my body actually is can be in the space to do that. It it really is privilege where I think so many of these individuals that live in this stigmatized space, I mean, maybe they would change their body so that they don't have to experience this trauma on a daily basis and good for them for really doing the work of body toleration and challenging the weight centric information that's out there. Yeah, I think that thin privilege is a great angle to look at here because Sonia Renee Taylor talks about this a lot in her book, the, Your Body is Not an Apology, where she talks about there is a our society has kind of this body la- hierarchy ladder where certain bodies are at the top rung and then there's like this titration down. And so I think when I hear some of my parenting circles talk a lot about like joining these weight loss challenges at their gym or doing these boot camps and then feeling like their end result was confidence. What I really hear is going, I, I fell for this 
this lie that my body was farther down the ladder. And then when I did these things, I moved up. And as I moved up on the societal ladder, I felt better because I got more positive feedback. So what we're really challenging here is an entire broken system. And I get, though, that it's really complicated because the system's not really looking at itself and holding up a mirror to change itself. So it's kind of hard to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of the system when it is just continuing to perpetuate itself in so many ways. So I think a big piece is kind of looking at this original listener question, like we understand that that, that concept of like feeling better is more accessing more privileges in our society. And there is a part of that that does feel better and is rewarded, which is exactly what this entire system wants. So it's, it's definitely very, very confusing. But what we want to really kind of challenge is helping people listen to their intuition, helping people work on what feels good for them and that's way more than just a number on a scale so they can really live authentically outside of this really body-focused system. So I think, you know, we're just scraping the surface surface of that privilege, but, you know, Rachel, you did kind of bring up, which shifts us into our next point of how to respond, right? And so if someone comes up and tells you that they've lost weight or even, oh my gosh, hey, have you lost weight? You look fabulous. We need to be really aware of the situation. And what are you actually saying, right? Like, are you are you praising them for their body change? Would you be praising them if you maybe knew the full story, right? So I think of my, my work has been ultimately tainted because I'm sitting with individuals to where maybe their quote unquote weight change is not a result of anything positive, right? It's, oh, I've, my body has changed, but I'm miserable because I calorie count and I restrict my food and I don't trust my body and I'm taking X amount of laxatives and I throw my food up or I live at the gym, right? And then when someone comes up to them and goes, oh my gosh, you look amazing. You look like you've lost weight. And then the client goes, well, damn it. I have lost weight, but I'm doing it through these extremely unhealthy behaviors. Obviously, they're not saying it to that person. But now that comment, that one comment that validated their disordered behaviors and or eating disorder now perpetuates this cycle that they're stuck in, where maybe the client and I had been working on something amazing and they were almost ready to fully surrender to recovery. And then weight loss was mentioned and now they've fully relapsed back into play. There's also situations like in extreme cases, like what if someone has cancer? What if someone just went through a loss? What if someone is going through domestic violence and has a really hard time eating and is super stressed or someone's going through trauma therapy? Like there's so many different reasons why someone's body could change. Again, the weight is a symptom. And so if we recognize the weight as a symptom versus a behavior, then we can actually be a little bit more mindful of how we're actually responding to people. And so if someone were to come up to me and say, wow, you look like you've lost weight, my response would be, oh no, really? Why? I hope my body's not- Concern. I love, I love that reframe. Like, oh my gosh, I have. I have. 
crap. Am I okay? I must be so out of touch with my body that I'm not recognizing any sort of body change. I don't want my body to change. Again, here's the privilege, right? But I'm concerned because if my body is changing, then that means something's wrong. Because again, it's a symptom, right? Or I would look at someone and say, hey, I really like that shirt that you're wearing. Where'd you get it from? Or your hair looks lovely. Have you tried a new style? Or um, how's life? I haven't seen you in a while. I miss you, right? Like if you're trying to find some sort of connection to, to connect you with this human, maybe tapping into the core of what you're actually trying to say versus making it a really external and possibly very triggering comment. Well, I think that's a good point because what you're talking about is how the language in our society, especially around women, is to connect over bodies and body complaints or body sizes. So it is this, I'm trying to connect with you and society has taught me to use this language. So I like that concept of the reframe of kind of being like, you know what, I can tell you're trying to reconnect. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over and skip over that piece that you just mentioned and and change the topic a little bit. I tend to do that as well when people say something to me. First of all, I want to say like, do you know what I do for work? But okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tend to be like, oh, really? Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't really track that kind of stuff. Not sure. But you know what? I did just get a really great night of sleep. So I don't, I don't know. Also, t- hey, what's going on? How's your daughter enjoying school? <laughs> so... <laughs> That kind of that that concept where it's like I get where you're where you're going, huh? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna participate in that language. Instead, I'm just gonna be like, oh, huh? Weird, strange. So the weather, huh, crazy. That weather out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other thing I try to do a little bit again. It feels like it's always a little bit of a social dance too. I don't want to be that person in the social circles all the time. But I think when there is a conversation with multiple people talking about um, this weight loss concept or someone clearly has had a body change, I tend to go a little bit therapeutic on them and just kind of be like, oh my goodness, yeah, wow. Like, So like, what else was going on in your life that you feel like has shifted lately? And I'll, I'll never, never fail. So the person kind of ends up titrating off of whatever challenge thing they did to being like, well, yeah, also um, I've been having a lot better boundaries with my mother-in-law or turns out I ended up going through a divorce and I've been really like free from a really toxic situation. And so I think there's often times where I'm able to kind of shift it away from whatever this external change was and get to what's going on underneath that, which sometimes is what Tina just discussed. If it was a purposeful weight loss dieting type challenge, there's usually a lot of cons and misery that ends up coming out in that conversation that people can, people talk about where all of a sudden you're like, oh, it turns out it's not all praise. Turns out you're actually miserable and are you okay? Do you need to talk to someone? (laughs) Or it ends up being the person acknowledges that turns out this was a symptom of of something else that changed in my life. And so I feel like if you're able to kind of get out of that typical language and 
dive a little deeper if the situation's appropriate, you end up kind of figuring out like, turns out it wasn't all fun and games and also turns out it was something a lot more psychological. I don't I don't know if you ever pull your card of being like, oh, did you want to talk more about that? I know. When I'm off the clock, I'm <laughs> off the clock. However, okay. however, I hold my philosophy strong. So like there were points, and this was even within my own family where, and I've shared this in the past, but like, after I gave birth to Henry and I, my body ended up developing a autoimmune thyroid condition and I lost weight unintentionally because my thyroid was through the roof and I was getting body comments and I couldn't figure out what was going on because I didn't realize it was my thyroid. And finally, after a few body comments from my own family, I you know, that I was brushing off like, okay, I'm just not sleeping. I'm eating a ton of food, whatever. Finally, I was like, look, I need you to stop. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in like 48 hours. My husband's out of town. This should not be a praise thing. You should be concerned about me because you know that this isn't my normal body. Something is wrong and I can't figure it out. I need help. Right. And so I'm a little bit more of an aggressive personality. So some people might not like confrontation, but you can always say like, you know, it's really hurtful to hear this because I'm actually having a hard time. Right. Or people just know like, oh, that's Tina. You know, she's going to preach about uh, non-diet, anti-diet and weight inclusive stuff and or reframe the statements constantly. Right. And, and I'm okay with coming in a little bit harsher and aggressive because I really believe in this philosophy and practice. One thing I want to bring up is if this is, if we're, if we're still staying in the respond category, Let's say this is in a work setting or, you know, it's like a work event, Um, you know, come on, we're all going to go to do a race together as like an employee, I don't know, what is it, employee um, bonding, right? Yeah, they do all kinds of employee incentive, lunchroom challenges. Yeah, like, okay, we're going to do a company weight loss thing where you get points if you lose weight and and blah, blah, blah. so oppressive. And I'm like, okay, one. Tell me what to do with my body. Exactly. It's very shaming. Two, don't you think that you're kind of promoting the unhealthy behaviors of forcing body change? But really, it's... I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of all of it, but I want to point out that everyone has their own body autonomy and they can opt out. None of this is required, right? And so that might mean you need to get a doctor's note or a a therapy note or a note from an individual stating that this is actually not supportive and you have employee rights to refuse. No employer can require this. Um, no um, employee bonding activity is required if it feels unsafe for you. So there are lots of different options there. My recommendation, if you don't feel safe, just self-advocating right away, maybe connect with someone that can help you draft up that response. So shifting to our last point, um, 
which are the behaviors. So I know I mentioned it in the beginning and it's literally just written throughout this listener question, which is, I'm going to repeat so much one part. They had said, I feel so much better and can now run around the backyard with my kids without getting winded. So to me, as the dietitian, what I would explore with the person is, wow, what behaviors did you engage in or skills did you engage in that actually allowed these strength moments and endurance moments to happen? Weight loss does not increase our endurance level. Weight loss does not increase how you are physically feeling in a sense. It may reduce pain in certain joints and knees and things like that, but you also require strength. So to me, I think there's more of an exploration here. What else changed? Because your weight is a symptom. You didn't just sit here and then all of a sudden your body changed, right? That might've meant I'm getting more sleep. I engaged in more physical activity with my children. I was more mindful around food. I drank more water. I started preparing some more of my meals versus making food the 10th priority and prepping everything last minute. There's a lot of different angles that can allow our bodies to feel better. Another thing that I talk with clients about a lot of the times is it's okay to want to feel strong in your body. That's, that's an okay thing. It does feel good to feel stronger, to not feel out of breath and to be able to keep up with these high energy children. And at the same time, if I offered you a magic wand that said, I'm going to give you those things, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel strength. You're going to feel endurance, but your body is not going to change would you still be okay with that, right? So is this mom happy that all those things happened or is she happy that her body changed? Maybe she's happy for both, but I think coming from a deeper therapeutic angle, it's like, but maybe the work is around true body tolerance here and you get the benefit of feeling physically better, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think you're also talking about the part of the listener question that said, um, which is, this is just such an element of diet culture speaking. I dedicated myself to self-care to lose the weight. I think diet culture really equates self-care and weight loss. And I want to go on record to say self-care does not equal weight loss. (laughs) Again, like Tina's saying, there's a differentiation there. So if there's a mindset instead of, hey, your body was not the problem. What was the quote unquote problem or the coping skill you were lacking or the situation that needed to be changed that when you changed and healed it, maybe your weight or your body changed and shifted as well. And so the energy is actually much more internal. Um, And it's so easy for a diet culture to say like, oh, see, because you externally changed, you have internal change. And I'm sure a lot of you have been through the situation where your body has externally changed and you felt just as miserable inside because there hadn't been other things that had shifted. So I think it's really, really helpful to make sure we're always challenging that diet culture messaging that they're the internal and the external are so closely linked when they're pretty separate. Um, I think as the therapist, whenever people kind of 
start chatting about this or as I'm exploring this, I can't help but look at this concept of the connection between food and feelings because that is real. And sometimes we do have to figure out how to regulate our emotions or address our traumas without using food. So if we are getting to the point where we have shifted our self-care and maybe we're going to therapy, maybe we're in a support group, maybe we are doing marriage therapy or work in that area, maybe we're shifting our parenting and and we're starting to kind of address some of the underlying stuff that's been plaguing us, maybe we're not using food as much to cope or we're, we're having a different relationship with food and maybe a body change comes from that. But I think the big difference with that is that like this, this question of, hey, I set out to lose weight. That purposeful weight loss, that dieting is what's not sustainable if we don't address what's going on inside. And so I really hope that people are able to kind of, again, differentiate between the a symptom reduction versus a purposeful external change. Because Tina and I are in the eating disorder space and we see people of all different body sizes, this is also something that we work on with people who are recovering from a low weight as well. You know, you got to do both both pieces as far as helping your external body and working on the internal stuff as well. So this this whole concept of separating out food and feelings is kind of universal in that way. Well, hopefully you all got a few good nuggets of information here and maybe some one-liners <laughs> to use at your next play date. Um, yeah. But I... How's the weather? So <laughs> how's school? Thank God we're back. Um, but yeah, I think again, just to sum it up, that we are always encouraging people to do the internal self-care. Not sure if the external piece is going to shift and change, but that is a diet culture belief that the external is more important than the internal. So we're just going to once again encourage people to figure out what authentic living and internal mental emotional health is because that is way more important or just as important at least. Mm -hmm. And we actually don't have control over the external, mm. right? That's a facade. Yes. Yeah, we we don't have control over that. And so doing the deeper work can truly allow us to trust in our body space and live in that toleration and respect. Mm -hmm. And if we were really rich, we would play born this way right now, but we're not, so we can't. <laughs> uh, we can't, yeah. All right. Hopefully that just hum it in hopefully your head. you enjoyed that episode and feel free to check out our social media for some more posts on this topic that might be easier to share in your stories and have those conversations. We'll see what tidbits we can give you in there. Yes. All right. See you next week. Bye. That's a wrap on this episode of the Bite Size Education Series. And we hope this new information provides you with a more critical lens when you hear mainstream diet culture messaging. You can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at MomJeansThePodcast, and feel free to email your own listener questions to MomJeansThePodcast at gmail.com. If you loved the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and recommend the episode to a friend. Sending you the inner strength to accept your jeans with a G and wear the jeans with a J. Bye! This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LeBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. 
Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.